dynamic diversity Bringing us together like we're supposed to be Dynamic magazine We're all different but we can learn from each other Dynamic Diversity Unfiltered, Dynamic Leaders for a Changing World Magazine's premier podcast. We bring you the voices of today's renowned societal leaders and average folks talking about what they do, how they got there, and what they're thinking about in the controversial world of diversity, inclusion, and race relations. In this episode, want to see um, more diversity, meaning more women and more people of color in the field. And not just in the field, you know, at entry-level jobs, but the opportunity to move up in those jobs and to help make policy. I also want to see more women in African-American and Latinos. We talk with U.S. Representative Robin Kelly, who is making a difference through information technology. U.S. Representative for Illinois' 2nd Congressional District serves on the Congressional IT Subcommittee, which has oversight jurisdiction over federal information technology, data standards and quality, cybersecurity, IT infrastructure and acquisition, emerging technologies, privacy, cloud computing, data centers, and intellectual property. Representative Kelly shares her journey with Dynamac from growing up in New York City, having worked in her family grocery store at eight years old, through serving in leadership capacity as a counselor, government, and eventually politics. Where did you grow up and what was your family and community life like? Oh, well, I grew up in Manhattan in New York City and, um, you know, had regular family around and that kind of thing. My A lot of um, family focus was um, on uh, my grandma and grandpa's grocery store. We had a mom and pop grocery store that my father took over. So there was a lot of activity around that. That's where I worked uh, probably when I was like eight years old. And um, then, uh, you know, just regular, went to school and um, then graduated. And then I wound up going to school in Peoria, Illinois. I went to Bradley University. And, and I saw uh, about that that you attended Bradley University and the Northern Illinois, excuse me, Illinois University. Right, Northern you... came later when I got my PhD. Oh, okay. Well, can you tell us why you pursued the degrees that you did? Well, I think um, I always wanted to be in a helping profession, so that's why I majored in psych and went on to um, counseling. Initially, I thought I wanted to be a child psychologist, and then I worked in a daycare for too long, and then I was like, no, I can't deal with these little kids, <laughs> you know, and I said, no, this is not for me, but then um, I worked in a variety of um, agencies or nonprofits that dealt with some type of abuse, child abuse, domestic violence. Uh, things like that. So I still wanted to be in a helping profession, but I think more administratively, even though I did do uh, professional counseling. 
and worked in a hospital, just a lot of um, public service, social service type of work. And then I became the director of minority student services at Bradley University, but I still did professional counseling on the side. So that was my life until I actually, in 1992, left Peoria and went to um, where I live now, Madison, Illinois, and started working in government. And again, then it became more community relations, uh, civil rights, human rights, fair housing, um, mediation type work, a lot of diversity work. So that was quite a few years of different careers before you went into politics. Oh, but yeah. I did not. Um, five men came to me, I believe, in 2001 when the district had to be mapped and asked me to consider running for um, state rep. So they were mayors, uh, councilmen, and uh, committeemen in my area. And so was it because of your counseling and your extensive community work that they asked you to do that? Even though I worked for the village of Matheson, the village was quite open in me working with other villages. So I did a lot of work, again, with the other villages around um, diversity training, fair housing, landlord-tenant um, association meetings. Um, we kind of led the way in some of the things that we did at that time. So the other mayors were quite familiar with me, and I helped uh, develop uh uh, regional program. Uh-huh. So you weren't actually inspired to go into politics. You were asked to go into government. Exactly. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do this. But they didn't listen to me, obviously. So um, you know, I went back they and talked insisted. to my family. My boyfriend at the time was my husband, my kids, and, um, you know, some family members said, do it. I remember my dad said, you're getting into the dirtiest game in the world. And I told him, but if nice people never get in, it'll always be like that. So, you know, it was Good interesting. Point. And truly, I took a leap of faith. And then when I jumped in, I said, oh, what am I doing? Because I ran against a 10-year incumbent initially. So no one ever gave me a chance. Did you win or lose against the 10-year incumbent? I beat him. <laughs> you beat him? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I knew that, that I won says, in it. I that says really a lot hard. about your... I'm sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. I said I knew I won 45 minutes after the polls closed, but I worked really, really hard. And people underestimated me, so sometimes, uh, you know, you surprise them and, and catch them off guard, I guess. Well, uh, what I was going to say was that also says a lot about your pre-existing reputation in the community. Yeah. That's I, probably I had good... why you won. Yeah. Because people knew what you had been doing and they had confidence in you. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did you manage to interweave information technology into politics? 
Well, that is so interesting because that was never anything that was really my cup of tea. But my um, one of my roommates in college, she was a computer science major, and she always said, you need to get into this, you need to get involved. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never did. But in entering, well, just in managing um, and the things I did as the um, chief of staff for the treasurer, as the chief administrative officer for Cook County, you know, I quickly got involved or realized that uh, systems change, systems need to be updated, we need to keep uh, people trained at the um, optimum level because things change so much. So really is through my responsibilities, I became more and more and more aware of how important uh, IT is. And um, and then in this role, in oversight and government reform, I'm the ranking Democrat. So definitely, um, it has been eye-opening. And um, you know, again, we need to push for um, a more modern, efficient system, and a cost-saving system. Uh, a, um, we need to push for our federal employees you know, being able to handle um, the new ways of doing things and developing their skills and those kind of things. Uh-huh. Absolutely agreed. So tell us about your work with the subcommittee on information technology. Well, Will Hurd and I have worked very closely on modernizing the system and, try, again, trying to do it in a cost-effective way. And also um, we've worked... Uh, with other entities on um, uh, grading the different agencies to make sure that they're doing everything they can um, as far as the different ways that they're being um, graded or measured uh, to make sure they're doing what they should do. So we're trying to lift all boats uh, in the IT sphere. And also j just on, you know, side notes, making sure that you know, we deal in a inclusive, diverse way. So we have um, a diverse environment that when we're dealing with vendors, uh, it's a diverse environment. And then um, in still another way, uh, looking at through legislation, how do we get more women and people of color involved in the diversity field for jobs of today and jobs of tomorrow? How do we get more people majoring in uh, those fields? How do we get more people teaching uh, in those fields to bring people along? And when I'm back in the district, you know, how do we get younger people involved in the tech world? Because that's where the jobs are. And there's so many job openings that um, um, are not filled because people don't have the skills. The tech economy will create about 1.7 million new jobs by 2020, but 70% will be unfulfilled according to um, the level playing field institution. And when I speak to uh, manufacturers in my district, it's not that you necessarily have to have a college degree, but you need some technical acumen, and they're having a hard time finding people, but again, that goes back to the schools they go to and education and, and can the schools afford to have computers and the, you know, top-notch teachers to teach them, you know, do kids have iPads or computers at home 
or, you know, some students are so um, economically deprived that they don't have some of the things that other students have, so they're already starting uh, behind the starting line, way behind. That's amazing that you said that 70% of the tech jobs that are available by 2020 will go unfulfilled. Well, there's a lot of tech jobs going unfulfilled right now um, in manufacturing and and like 15,000 in Chicago. And we were just in um, Seattle discussing um, women and girls in tech, and they have a lot of job openings in Washington. Wow. I had no idea. But the thing is, young people have to be exposed to it at a young age. Yeah, that's true. And that means having computers or something else like it, you know, from a very early age, and a lot of families can't afford those. And a lot of schools, just 25% of schools offer AP computer science classes, and uh, just 22% of students are taking AP computer science tests are girls. And just 13% taking AP computer science are Latino or African American. So it's all, all you know, all these things contribute to the lack of um, qualified um, people to take these jobs. Wow. That's amazing. I used to work in Silicon Valley, and, and I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, thought, yeah. I thought people were keeping up with the times. No. <laughs> well, sometimes so I, much. if you work in government, you know, you have your job, you know, every day, and it's so expensive for government to keep up with the times in a lot of ways because things are so expensive, but then also it becomes expensive if you don't keep up. Yeah, more expensive. Mm-hmm. Has your work with the subcommittee ramped up since the Russian hacking incidents? And if so, how has the focus of your work changed in that respect? You know, I think that my subcommittee has pretty much ignored that, uh, the uh, um, Russian hacking. Oversight and government reform has not really acknowledged it uh, to me. I mean, we've written a letter and... um, um, Chairman Chaffetz over the whole committee knows how we feel, and I've shared with my counterpart on the subcommittee, but nothing has been done. Okay. Interesting, because you have more important things to focus on. <laughs> well, like bringing the government and the schools up to speed. <laughs> well, you know, I think both are important, and, you know, I do think that we need to make sure our elections are democratic and that other countries aren't interfering and we need to make sure that, you know, our equipment is old and that doesn't lend itself to being um, hacked or a victim of cybercrime. So I do think we need to uh, look into it, but um, I am I'm not the one large and in charge, so, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I can make decisions, but they don't have to take them. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> well, it's obvious that your work has had a significant impact on economic opportunities and public safety in communities. Um, what is your vision going forward with respect to that? 
to the economic impact. Mm-hmm. Well, when and I public safety. Oh, when I think of you know my community, um, just first of all, Illinois, when it was the recession was really hot and heavy, was always number two or number three in my district. Uh, was above what Illinois had as unemployment. So definitely, if we have uh, people trained in uh, in skills where their skills are needed, that will help in the economic development. Um, if you have trained um, residents and businesses are more likely to want to move, you know, to those regions where they know they can find trained workers to you know, take the jobs. So um, I, I think that's very important. And also, when we talk about those jobs, those are good-paying jobs. So that's important, and usually health care is provided and, you know, on and on and on. And um, tech jobs tend to be pretty recession-proof, but, again, they pay well, so that means people have disposable income to spend in the community. So I see it as a domino effect, in a way, a good domino effect. And as far as Homeland Security, we definitely need top-notch technology and top-notch people to oversee, run, and fix the technology because not only Russia, but countries around the world have, you know, hacked us and um, created cyber crimes. And also, when you think about even... um, terrorists, you know, that's an issue there, too, with Homeland Security. And, you know, from on the big stage, terrorists with Homeland Security, those issues we have to watch to a smaller stage, but just as important uh, with uh, me representing some of the areas that suffer from gun violence, on um, the computer, there's pictures of these kids with their guns and Facebook and social media and that technology, and I think we need to pay attention to that. I met with law enforcement, and they feel that that technology has caused a lot of issues too. So we need to work with, you know, some of the companies to see how we can do something about that. Yeah, I read about your groundbreaking 2014 Kelly report on gun violence in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you summarize your blueprint for ending that crisis? Well, I don't. It's not any one thing. We talk about yes, we need to pass um, legislation like background checks and um, uh, national store purchasing and gun trafficking laws. So you're not bringing, you know, buying guns in one state and bringing them over. We suffer from the guns. And many people have died from the guns that come in from Indiana and Wisconsin. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. horrible. And uh, so more federal laws, but also we need to improve police-community relations so the police and the community trust each other. And then there's more um, uh, information that is passed and also, like, um, particularly black folks feel more comfortable around the police and it's not that tension that there is now, but also we need to look at the root causes of the problem. We need to look at, again, you know, job skills, home life, people having hope, uh, education, what is there to do after school, what can we do to get young people to pick up pens, pencils, books, 
hobbies, not pick up guns. So, but they have to feel like they have hope. And I often use the phrase, nothing stops a bullet like an opportunity. But opportunity could be, you know, a job, a mentor, uh, an apprenticeship, um, a good older friend, you know, comes in, in many ways. But um, I was just somewhere today where they said that um, I think it is 85% of the people in jail felt like they didn't have one person that they could go to. Wow. That's really sad. Yes, it is. And I personally feel that there's systemic racism in a lot of the police departments. Well, that I, has to be dealt with. That, um, in, in our institutions, period, there's um, systemic racism that, you know, people don't see or it's just the way it is or, you know, we tend to hire people that look like us and so other people don't get a chance or, you know, the stereotypes and just, it's 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 complicated. It's not just one thing, but. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Well, um, in closing, uh, what would you kind of difficult to phrase this this question actually. Um, what do you hope to accomplish in the realm of information technology going forward? Well, I definitely want to see um more diversity, meaning more women and more people of color in the field. And not just in the field, you know, at entry level jobs, but the opportunity to move up in those jobs and to help make policy. I also want to see more women in African American and Latinos in the teaching space because teachers, you know, I'm sure everybody can think of a teacher that influenced them or affected them, so I would like to see that. Um, mm-hmm. But also, being a member of Congress, I do want to see Congress look at what we can do to ensure that our systems, be it our um, homeland security system, our um, election system, on and on and on, that we are safe and that these countries can't um, influence negatively um, things that happen, whether it be elections in our water system, you know, banks, uh, financially, just on and on and on, our way of life. I want us Mm -hmm. to make sure that we are tightening that up as much as possible. That makes total sense. (laughs) Yeah, we need to do that. Do you have any closing statements? Um, You know, we, I just, America in certain degrees is falling behind. When it comes to technology, and again, we need to shore up um, our young people to get more young people involved and educated. Um, we need to, um, you know, I feel like we're losing too many of our best and brightest, and they're locked out of some of these good-paying jobs, and maybe some of it they don't know how to get to the good-paying jobs. They don't have a role model, or it could be simple. They don't have when I think about Illinois, my district being urban, suburban, and rural, they don't have transportation 
to get to where the jobs are. So we need to change uh, the culture while building a robust pipeline of tech-savvy people and getting them ready again for the jobs today and the jobs uh, tomorrow. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you're absolutely right. We need, uh, you know, more people involved. That's the bottom line. It's part of our survival. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate the interview. I appreciate your input and opinions. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can talk about making a difference. You can take action to make a difference. Or you can join Dynamic in doing both. Until next time, stay blessed and be inspired. Dynamic Diversity Bringing us together like we're supposed to be